This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 16th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake Ozark police are feeling the love from their community lately. Lake Ozark businessman George Tucker has donated $7,500 to benefit the city's police officers. On Tuesday, the Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted to honor Tucker with a resolution expressing their appreciation for his support. His donation comes just two weeks after Dennis Reese and Spring Field Armory donated new weapons and accessories for every Lake Ozark police officer. Horse and dog shelters in the Lake area may be eligible for up to $10,000 in grant money. Through the Community Foundation of the Lake, they've announced a new round of earmark grants just for that purpose. The grant round will open September 26th and close on October 24th. Want more information? Check out the CFL's website. Just go to communityfoundationofthelake.com. It's time for fall ball, and Ballparks National will be welcoming teams from far and wide for the season. This is their first full year in operation. Staff says it was a huge success. The spring and summer seasons brought 8,250 athletes with 1,286 games. Wow. And thanks to the ballpark's all-turf fields, not a single game was rained out. Tournaments have been very popular, and many are already sold out. So teams across the Midwest who want to play this fall can check out ballparksnational.com. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. 
I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center. Why are there so many different interpretations of scripture and theology? The Apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Philippians 2.2 saying, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other and working together with one mind and purpose. Nevertheless, Christians disagree over basic Bible teachings about creation, the nature of God, and prophecies regarding the last days. I just read one scholar's opinion blaming our disagreements on lack of true faith, poor teaching in the church, and corruption by the world. Basically, negative things. Let me instead offer a positive reason. Christians think for themselves about their faith. We are called to study the word and ponder what it means, and that leads to subtle disagreement. Nevertheless, we agree in our commitment to Jesus Christ. The many interpretations of scripture divides the church at a time when we need unity more than ever. Thankfully, you can fix this. Set aside your theories and favorite teachers and read the Bible for clarity. Hi, it's KB inviting you to join me for my new radio program, The Daily Show. I'll keep you up to date on the latest happenings at the Lake of the Ozarks and talk to the people who are involved in and with our great community. Join me for the live show from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. We'll also rebroadcast the show twice daily at 4 p.m. and again at midnight. It's The Daily Show at keyradio.live and on 89.3 The Key. Share your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key. 806, good morning. It is The Daily Show. Glad to be with you again. KB here, Bill Mundhausen across the table. How are you, Bill? Yes, good morning. It's a great day in the Ozarks. It is a beautiful day. It certainly is. 58 degrees is what I'm reading here as far as the current temperature. A little chilly on the drive-in, but we'll take it, folks. 86, (laughs) the expected high today. Plenty of sunshine. We'll kind of hover around mid to uh, upper 80s for the rest of the week into the weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. A, a mostly clear sky today. We'll drop down to 63 for the overnight low. Again, a clear sky. 87 the high tomorrow. 64 the low and clear. 86 the high on Saturday. 86 the high on Sunday. Uh, 86 the high on Monday. And then we're going to get into some very nice weather, some very comfortable uh, more like uh, fall weather. We're, uh, we're looking for a high on Tuesday of 79, 73 the high on Wednesday, 77 on Thursday. Back up to 80 on Friday, but still very comfortable through the period. And uh, again, a rain chance next week. Looks like about a 50-50 shot at this point on Tuesday of next week where we might see a little bit in the way 
of rain. 58 degrees, and uh, we'll get to a check of sports here shortly with Chris Schneider from Lake TV. I'm interested to know, um, Bill, what do you use as your gauge for determining winter weather? Are there, uh, are there certain signs that you look for? They say, you know, you look at the persimmons, you look at the oh, woolly worms. Yeah. Do you... Uh, I haven't the, seen too many woolly worms. No, I haven't either. I don't know what that means in terms of winter weather, but... Uh, the darker they are, the worse it's supposed to be, something like no, that. I, or do you reference the uh, the Farmer's Almanac, the Old Farmer's Almanac, or do you listen to your local meteorologist? You know, when you listen to the local meteorologist, you realize he's got a 50-50 chance of being right. That's right. So I figure, what chance does the Almanac have of looking out two months and being right? So I just wait until it comes. Um... My wife tells me I'm crazy to even look at the weather app because it's so so often incorrect. Yeah. But we have to do that because everybody wants to know what the weather is. So even if we know it's going to be, even if we know it's there's a 50% chance of it being wrong, we've got to report it anyway. It's, well, it's yeah, expected. You're, you're right. And, uh, you know, one of the things as far as weather goes, um, kind of a weather junkie. I follow, uh, I follow it to, to some degree. And we talk about maybe the 7 to 10 day forecast and you're talking about uh, uh, being here in the state of Missouri and you've got elements and and I think maybe that's what makes it unique living in the Midwest because we get the elements from the West. Mm -hmm, Uh, It can come up from the Southwest. Sometimes it'll move in from the East. We're kind of at that spot where it all merges together. Right. The Southern weather and the Northern weather. Absolutely. So it could go either way. And of course, the big one that affects most of the United States is any time we get an Arctic blast mm-hmm. from uh, you know coming through Canada and into the United States, and how far how far south is it going to go? Well, I think most of us here in Missouri are prepared for any type of weather, uh, whether that be uh, you know hot and dry, hot and humid, uh, wet cold, but then, you know, different parts of the United States aren't necessarily as uh, well acclimated as we are to cold and heat, and obviously it affects a lot of things, but I'd just be interested to know, any of you out there on social media, uh, you want to send us a a message maybe on Facebook or something, you can send it to my uh, Facebook page, I know Bill's got a Facebook page as well, what you use to gauge the weather. I have to admit, I often look at that 7 to 10 day forecast you're talking about, because we're all planning events, and we kind of want to know if, if a week from now it's supposed to be a rainy day or something. Right, right. So even though we don't trust it, we look at it anyway, and, and ge- <laughs> the general trend maybe is safe, maybe, kind of, right. maybe. A lot of action tomorrow. I think, that, I think that you're absolutely right. I think most of us, you know, as much as we complain about the weather, uh, we, uh, we do look at the uh, 7 to 10 day forecast and try to gauge that as best we can and then prepare accordingly. But I, again, I was more uh, interested in what method people use to determine the winter weather. And I, yeah. again, I, if, if it's... Uh, you guys might have a secret out there that we don't know about. The Farmer's Almanac, the old Farmer's Almanac, uh, if you use some of the signs around you, I guess uh, maybe we could get uh, Bill Mulder in when he uh, gets back in town to uh, to do a uh, history lesson on how to determine what the weather is going to be like and some signs out there that uh, are maybe tried and true and some of the methods that people use that uh, don't necessarily fall into that category. 8-11 is our time. Chris Schneider is standing by with a check of sports from Lake TV on The Key. Hey 
KB, good morning. Hey, just a couple of days away from the weekend now. You know what that means. A lot of football on the way this weekend. College football. Game number three for Mizzou will be at home Saturday morning against Southeast Missouri State. The Tigers 1-1 one one on the season after losing at Kentucky last week. MSU Bears 1-1 one one as well. They're off this weekend. A lot of action tomorrow night. Of course, we got high school football. Nice battle between 2-1 and one Osage at home against 2-1 and one California. You can see the Indians and Pintos on Lake TV tomorrow night. The pregame show at 6.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock on Lake TV. Great game for Camdenton tomorrow night. The Lakers 3-0 at home against 3-0 West Plains. That ought to be quite the game there. Eldon is 2-1 and one, and man, have they found a run back. Bryce Veach scored six touchdowns last week in their overtime win over Osage. So Eldon will be at 3-0 Hallsville tomorrow night. 1-2 Versailles will be at 0-3 Southern Boone tomorrow night. Of course, the Chiefs busy Sunday night. Game two of the season will be at Baltimore. That after that amazing comeback win over the Browns last week. And of course, baseball continues. The Cardinals, they've got today off. They will be at home against the Padres tomorrow. The Royals, they will stay busy today. They finish off a season again, a series against the A's. They will be at home against the Mariners tomorrow. So, as always, KB, a ton of sports going on. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Chris. And I will tell you that uh, you uh, you got a, a good, good look at um, some of these high school football teams around here. The uh, folks at Lake TV go out and they really do a bang-up job of bringing you some great uh, Great video as well as audio of uh, local high school football. And they do travel around much like I do with my cohorts. And they will, uh, of course, the Lakers at home against uh, West Plains. A big test for the Lakers at home. And uh, I do feel a little bit more comfortable in the friendly confines of Bob Shore Stadium, the JOD. 813. You had uh, a couple of stories, uh, a couple of things that you wanted to talk about, and I also wanted to talk about uh, a couple of good news stories. You know, we always have a kind of a tendency to focus a little bit on the downside of things, but, uh, uh, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Bike Fest. I've I've seen the bikers all over the place, Mm -hmm. and a good idea for folks, if you're going to be out tooling around, uh, during really any course of the day, any part of the day, make sure you keep your eyes wide open for the folks that are visiting us on two wheels. And then we've got uh, the Hillbilly Fair going on. We had uh, Donna Batliner on yesterday, and, and maybe we'll bring her back because they've got uh, the Mountain Man Festival that's uh, going to be coming oh, yeah. to Lori next weekend. I haven't been to that in a while. Yeah, I don't know if this is the uh, Mountain Man Festival that they used to have uh, below the dam, but uh, it's a Mountain Man Festival nonetheless. Uh, and it certainly sounds like a, a good time. But, uh, Bill, you had a couple of things on your radar this morning. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get away from all the standard kind of politics for a little bit. Uh, one of the th- stories I found was there's, um, there were some uh, announcements from Apple recently. And a lot of people don't really care about announcements from Apple. But I'm, a, I'm an Apple user, uh, mainly by default. Because a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted a phone that would fit in my pocket. And almost nobody cares about a phone that will fit in their pocket because all these phones keep on getting bigger and bigger because people use their phones as computers. But the only thing I could find that was a small phone was the original iPhone SE, which is from like 2015, 2016. 
And I found those brand new on the internet and I bought one for myself. So I'm using an, an iPhone now. But uh, iPhone or Apple just released a brand new big release of iOS called iOS 15. So it's a major release. And of course, the first thing I wanted to find out is will my phone still use uh, that new release? And I found that even my tiny little iPhone SE will run the new release of Apple. So um, I'm in like Flint. I'm okay. <laughs> but there are some really pretty cool things happening at Apple. Uh, probably about six months ago, they released their new um, architecture for uh, iPhone, uh, iPad, and Mac chips. And those chips are kind of taking the industry by storm. They're really fast, fast operating system now. The day I heard that uh, a cell phone has more technology or is more uh, ahead of the game than an Apollo rocket, yeah, that's when I had to really kind of sit down and uh, and soak it all in. That what we have in our hands right here, there's more involved with a cell phone than uh, what they use to uh, put a man on the moon, put a man yeah. in space. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of one of those unusual technology guys because I'm kind of a phone minimalist. I I decided I just wanted to use the phone as a phone. And I couldn't find a flip phone plan that worked. <laughs> so I got an iPhone SE. And uh, I got a computer to do stuff that's more sophisticated than that, because that's what computers are for. And, and maybe it's partly my age. I can't, uh, these tiny phones, you can't see the screen as well anymore. So, so I found it's, it's a lot more practical. It kind of keeps me off social media. I, I don't have to have Facebook up all the time if I just use the phone as a phone. I don't even have Facebook on my phone. It reminds me of uh, something I thought about after I had been out of high school for about uh, 10, 15 years, 20 years, and they were really starting to kind of get into uh, the whole cell phone thing, um, that I should have taken those computer classes back there when it was just basic, <laughs> you know, learning how to write a basic computer program, mm -hmm. uh, things along those lines, uh, and that I think I would probably do or be doing actually a little bit better as far as uh, handling technology. The uh, technology guru in uh, in our home is my wife, Tina, who stays on top of all of that stuff. When I have a computer problem, I go to her, and she's normally able to fix it. And it's normally a simple fix. I mean, uh, you hit the, uh, like I said, I've got, I don't have hands, I have paws. And you hit a, uh, a key or, uh, you you know, you end up, opening something by accident and you get in a uh, bit of a pickle mm -hmm. then I just take it to her and I said uh, please help me yeah I used to uh, I was in charge of a software development division in my company out in California so I got to learn a lot about technology and programming and software development and what I admire about Apple products is they work I don't have to think about them because you don't want to have to think about why your phone works or why an app works or how it works. You just want to press the button and have it work. Exactly. You, and you want, and, and that's, you know, that's kind of the uh, direction we're going with everything in our lives. We want to be able to push a button. We want to be able to, uh, I don't know, go to a website, whatever, and have everything that we need provided for us. And I wonder if that's not uh, going to be detrimental to some degree because if we ever find ourselves in a situation where um, 
you know, maybe we need to do a little bit more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Will yeah. that uh, will that come back to haunt us? And and I think in some cases it already has has happened. Yeah. Well, we're in the process of developing apps for key radio, so I've had. A lot of intimate talks with Android and Apple development groups. It must have been fun. It is no fun at all. It's like tech support, but all by email because nobody wants to talk to you. That's and, and that's <laughs> another thing, you know. That's and, and you, I think you make a good point there, Bill, and that is that we don't talk to each other. Like you mm-hmm. and I are sitting in the same room, so we're talking with each other. Yeah. Jenny Brinkman is here with uh, We the People as well, and yeah. we talked to her this morning. Uh-huh. But we don't take the time to talk with each other. It's easier to text. It's easier to email. It's easier to get on social media. Yeah. And we, we've lost that interaction among ourselves. Yeah, but you know how it is when you text and, and send emails, things can be misconstrued or misunderstood. Oh, absolutely. So what I'm finding with, these, with uh, Apple Developer and Android is you send them an email, or they send you an email, and you say, gee, I wonder what they mean by that. So then you have to send them an email back. What do you mean by that? And three days later, you get another answer. Oh, that's what you mean by that. <laughs> and then you get to answer it, and then you have to wait another three days to get an answer back. And it's, it makes for a very hurry up long and wait. process. Yeah, hurry up and wait. Yeah. 821, Stacy Sure will be our guest in hour number two this morning. Not quite sure what's on Stacy's mind, <clears throat> excuse me, but I uh, I would imagine it is going to be something that uh, folks want to listen to. Um, here's something interesting that I, I just thought about this the other day. So the CEO for Lake Regional is resigning. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, Moving superintendent, to Atlanta, right? Yeah, Superintendent mm-hmm. Tim Hadfield is resigning. Is resigning. Um, who do you think is going to be the next to resign here at the Lake of the Ozarks? <laughs> I don't, you know, nor, you know how they say sometimes when you hear about somebody dying, it, it happens in threes. Oh, so I wonder okay. if, it, if that same pattern works for people resigning. So wow. you've got Dane Henry, Tim Hadfield. Who do you think would be the next person to resign here at the Lake of the Ozarks? Gosh. Or um, maybe somebody you'd like to see resign. Now, don't go there. Yeah. But, you know, I'm almost thinking it's got to be somebody at the county. they got to be tired of all the stuff that's going on, you yeah. know. But anyway, could be, could be somebody we don't even suspect. Well, and, you know, I, I wonder if, as I stated when we were talking about Dane Henry's resignation, if he was just tired of dealing with all of the uh, backlash from the community because he has received a fair amount of that yeah if, of course if he's moving to atlanta you would think that's a step up that that'd be a higher salary sure so sure and I uh think in in um hatfield's case he's just retiring i believe hatfield uh yeah, yeah and and maybe he's uh, been feeling the pressure here as of late and you know, I, I think you look at a lot of things, and you sometimes just feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of trying. I'm tired of, you know, putting all this time and effort into it. I'd rather be spending more time with my significant other. I'd rather be spending more time with my family. And I'm at a point in my life where I can do that. So why don't I just bow out gracefully and uh, go about my business, and I'll just be, uh, you know, uh, just a face in the crowd. Gosh, you're tempting me now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, what tempting you for what? <laughs> to be just a face in the crowd. 
Sometimes it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing at all. 8.23 is our time here. I did want to uh, send a shout-out to the folks at Missouri Magazine. Um, my show over on Lake TV has uh, been given a, a very prestigious honor, in, in, in my humble opinion anyway, as the best new TV radio program in the state of Missouri. And uh, I was in a category with about nine other uh, folks uh, out of Jeff City, Springfield, and around the area. And the program What's Burning uh, got the nod this year for the best new TV slash radio program, courtesy of the folks at Missouri Magazine and uh, their voters, and I uh, appreciate that. Uh, but, of course, there's a lot of people, you know, I, I'm just the face on the TV. There's a lot of people that there, uh, that are there, rather, that uh, make me look good. Megan Albers, uh, my producer-director, Ricky Smith, Andrew Evans. We talk about uh, Chris Schneider, who provides sports for us here on uh, The Key, and, of course, William Holtz. So thanks to all of those folks, and a nod uh, to uh, William Holtz as well, best uh, TV personality, as voted by the folks at uh, Missouri Magazine. They're their readers. 8.24 is our time. Got some more good news that we want to talk about. Some good things that are happening in, uh, in and around the lake area. But first, I want to remind folks, since Jenny's here, it made me want to make sure to uh, let folks know that uh, Missouri, General, uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt will uh, be in town. Next Thursday, as a matter of fact, September 23rd, he will be at the Elks Lodge in Osage Beach, where they are going to be presenting uh, an opportunity to hear from this gentleman. He is running for United States Senate, U.S. Senator, and uh, you're going to get a good opportunity to uh, find out what's on his mind and, of course, the questions that will be presented to him. Um, the Watchdog Report, issue number three. Uh, they have uh, put together six questions that uh, Mr. Schmidt will have an opportunity to answer there, right there, on the spot. And again, uh, doors open at 5. The event begins at 6.30. First come, first serve to fill the hall. And I don't know if the overflow can, if we could go sit in the bar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but... The, I, I can uh, I can imagine it is going to uh, fill up pretty fast, and that uh, uh, you want to get there early and make sure to secure a spot. Well, every election cycle, you hear people say, "Gee, I don't know who to vote for," mm -hmm. and it's because they don't take the time um, to um, evaluate candidates, and and the candidates often don't give you the opportunity to evaluate because they just want to say what they think people want to hear. Right. And that's why uh, we the people came up with a set of standard questions is we don't want to just get a campaign speech. Mm -hmm. We want to find where they really stand on specific issues. Certainly. So. And also uh, a reminder uh, to listen to uh, the key the following week because I'm going to get some... Lake TV is they're going to they're going to be there filming the event and I'm going to try to obtain some audio. So maybe for those of you who can't make the event or we just want to kind of go back and listen to what was said, I'm going to try to get some audio from uh, the folks at Lake TV. We'll break it down a little bit and uh, and play it for you for the first visit of uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt who is running for US Senate from the state of Missouri. Yep. And then uh, on Thursday, October the 21st, 2021, uh, St. Louis Attorney Mark McCloskey will uh, be into. I wish they could have found a different picture of him there. <laughs> <laughs> now that's okay. I had a request from one of our listeners out in Denver yesterday. Mm -hmm. They'd like to uh, 
be able to replay the Daily Show. So they're looking forward to a time when maybe there'll be a podcast of the Daily Show so that they can go back in the archives. It is, uh, it is available now. It is available. I have, uh, I have to uh, put a couple of the episodes, go back, and uh, I, uh, once I get out of here today, I've got to run a couple of errands, and then I'm going to go home and shut myself off from the world hey. and uh, update uh, the uh, Anchor website. That is uh, anchor.fm. FM where you can find the, uh, the Daily Show podcasts and also, uh, you know, put together some new uh, promos and things. There's some things that have been going on here, mm-hmm. and uh, we want to report, uh, report back to our, our listeners, our, our very faithful listenership yeah. here. Now that, you, now that you're an award-winning personality on the radio and TV, people have expectations. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, they do enjoy your program, and they want to be able to go back and listen when they miss it. Well, I would love to do that for you. And, uh, of course, you can listen uh, online. We'll rebroadcast it at 4 o'clock and then again at uh, midnight and then come at you with a new program Every Monday through Friday from 8 until 10, which uh, we love doing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying having the opportunity. It's nice not to have to fiddle around with so much, you know? Yeah. It's all pretty pretty much cut and dry and very simple and right in front of us here. Mm-hmm. I think we've got that phone thing worked out, and uh, we might have a little fun with that tomorrow. Maybe we'll try to take a call or two for Bob Lynch. Right. Okay. And we figured out that Bill's phone works better than mine because that's just the way it goes. Because I have an older phone that has, has a dedicated port for that purpose. Uh, that's right. I have this. So sometimes you're better off with old tech. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, yeah. and you mentioned flip phones. And I've come across friends of mine. My buddy Skip has a flip phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, when are you going to get rid of that and, you know, get into the 21st century? Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to keep it as long as it works. Yeah, when I, when I investigated flip phones, there's a strange phenomenon because a lot of carriers don't support them. Uh-huh. And so the few carriers I found that supported flip phones, the monthly plan was twice as much as what I'm spending. And so they're just trying to get you to Yeah, so I might as well use my little iPhone for a while, right? Until it, it dies. I had a flip phone. Uh, and then I graduated, but I had an alarm set on the flip phone to go off. It was every Sunday at about 9.15. And so when we moved, I just kind of threw, I I have a junk drawer where I throw all my, you know, wallet keys, whatever, all the stuff goes in there so I can hopefully find it. And so I had a box and packed all the stuff up and we moved. And when we moved into the new house, I just unloaded everything from the box into a new junk drawer. And uh, religiously for six months, and I kid you not, six months, every Sunday at 9.15, for six months, <laughs> the phone, the alarm went off. Uh-huh. So, I mean, uh, that, uh, you know, that's something to be said about the, uh, the battery. Yeah, right. And I'm sure it's around the house somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it would work anymore yeah, or as not. Long, as long as you don't use it, I guess that battery lasts a while. <laughs> 8.30 is our time. We're, uh, we're ready for some information this morning from Susie, jo- uh, Susie Johnson, from Stacy Johnson. Susie Johnson, she used to be in charge yeah, of the Republican Club some right. years ago. Uh, I, think I think she moved to Texas. Yes, she did. Stacy Johnson will be bringing us uh, local information, local news, courtesy of LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source at the lake. Also, a check of sports with Chris Schneider. We'll update you on the weather forecast. Again, Stacy Short joining us in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. Jenny Brinkman is here from We the People of Camden County, and you are listening to 89.3 The Key, heard online at keyradio.live. Mm-hmm.
the Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 16th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake Ozark police are feeling the love from their community lately. Lake Ozark businessman George Tucker has donated $7,500 to benefit the city's police officers. On Tuesday, the Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted to honor Tucker with a resolution expressing their appreciation for his support. His donation comes just two weeks after Dennis Reese and Spring Field Armory donated new weapons and accessories for every Lake Ozark police officer. Horse and dog shelters in the Lake area may be eligible for up to $10,000 in grant money. Through the Community Foundation of the Lake, they've announced a new round of earmark grants just for that purpose. The grant round will open September 26th and close on October 24th. Want more information? Check out the CFL's website. Just go to communityfoundationofthelake.com. It's time for fall ball, and Ballparks National will be welcoming teams from far and wide for the season. This is their first full year in operation. Staff says it was a huge success. The spring and summer seasons brought 8,250 athletes with 1,286 games. Wow. And thanks to the ballpark's all-turf fields, not a single game was rained out. Tournaments have been very popular, and many are already sold out. So teams across the Midwest who want to play this fall can check out ballparksnational.com. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Who knows and understands the Lake of the Ozarks better than the people who live here? Key Radio is bringing the public square right to your radio, computer, or mobile device. We get a lot of outside advice on how to handle what's happening at the lake, and that's great. However, we'd rather hear from the people like you who live here, get involved, and really make a difference with Key Radio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. The Serving Table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the Serving Table can open every day. Learn more at KeyGatheringPlace.com or search Facebook for the serving table. Key Radio is the newest and most exciting radio format at the lake. It's not made up of political pundits or media experts. It's made up by the people. The people at the Lake of the Ozarks. Our content providers offer a variety of interesting viewpoints on many different topics. Key Radio encourages you to share your talents and viewpoints by becoming a content provider. Go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio to find out more about 89.3 The Key. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. 
Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting The Key with your monthly donation. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. It is 8.36. Welcome back to The Daily Show, broadcasting live from The Key Gathering Place, South Business 5 in Camden. Come by and see us. Coming up on the program uh, here a little bit later on this morning, we'll talk it over with Stacy Shore. And uh, Susie Pollack is going to join us on Monday. Susie, of course, uh, the representative and portions of her uh, area do uh, fall into and around uh, Camden and uh, Laclede County. So we're going to talk with Susie. Interested to get her thoughts on this upcoming legislative session. I know it is September and the legislative session does not begin until January. But I'm sure uh, she's probably already uh, uh, posturing and positioning to uh, get in there and keep doing the uh, great work that she is doing. Also wanted to get her thoughts on a couple of different things. Uh, We had talked about uh, another representative, Lisa Thomas, who is uh, out uh, conducting town halls, or has been. I don't know if she still is or not, but she has had uh, some town halls regarding voting legislation. And if we need to add any more uh, laws to the books as uh, far as trying to maybe tame the situation down around the Lake of the Ozarks, I wanted to get uh, Susie's take on that. I also wanted to get Susie's take on uh, COVID because she had said, well, maybe we'll have some COVID-19 town halls. And uh, so we will talk to Susie Pollack in the 9 o'clock hour coming up on Monday. Now on Thursday, we're going to talk to your daughter. Yeah, that is coming up, isn't it? She's one of our content providers with the Artichoke Heart, Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll talk with her on the uh, 24th. We're going to bring Heather Link back in with the the Rotary Club, as on the 25th, it will be Pumpkin Chunkin' time out at uh, (laughs) Pumpkin Chunkin' Palooza, yet again, out there at Ozark's Amphitheater, and they're going to have a talent show on Saturday evening. Uh, and uh, they just kind of wanted to make sure everybody knows uh, about all the particulars. I think we'll even try to bring, like I said earlier, uh, Donna Batliner back to talk about this Mountain Man Festival that's going on. This is a great time of year for the Lake of the Ozarks because it is festival time. You've got mm-hmm. uh, uh, Turkey Festival. You've got Apple Festival. Yep. You've got, uh, what else we you got going we on? Got, we got the great weather for people to be outdoors doing yeah. these things. This yeah. is just This is just festival time, folks, and... We're starting to really see more of this uh, great weather kind of work its way into what's going on here. Uh, Today we'll hit a high of 86, plenty of sunshine, clear in 63 tonight. Back up to 87 for the high tomorrow, a low of 63. 86 on Saturday, 86 on Sunday with a mix of clouds and sun. And again, Monday and Tuesday, well, Monday's high of 86, 79 the expected high on Tuesday. A mix of clouds and sun on Monday, maybe a shot at some more rain on Tuesday. High of around 50, I'm sorry, high of around 79 on Tuesday. That uh, rain chance at about uh, right around a 50-50 shot at this particular point. We are getting a uh, 
A temperature reading here in Camdenton of 60 degrees. Plenty of sunshine this morning and uh, lots of good stuff uh, going on here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. We'll also take some time to check in with Chris Schneider and get an update on uh, sports here on 89.3 The Key. So are you still following uh, tennis? What's the status of the U.S. Open? Where are they with all of this now? That sounds like a football fan talking there. The U.S. Open is done. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, and, 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 and I didn't know that. And it was very historic. There were two um, unseated teenagers played in the final for the women. Yeah. So it wasn't one of the Williams sisters. No, no. It was um, a young lady from uh, one from Canada and one from Britain. Mm -hmm. And so for a British person to be in the U.S. Open final is like it's been something like 50 years since that happened. That's pretty huge. And she went ahead and won. Yeah. So 18-year-old kid. I uh, and these were not these were kind of normal looking girls. They weren't like the big, big hitting ladies like some of them are, like some of the East German women in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> they yeah. used to make fun of some of the East German women in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I watch tennis every so often. I mean, you know, I used to watch it when uh, Jimmy Connors played, yeah. when John McEnroe played, Bjorn Borg, Yvonne Lindell. Um, Pete Sampras. Yeah, I, I really don't blame people for not watching tennis. It's kind of one of these back and forth, back and forth, and it can be pretty tedious if you're not a player. Well, it's kind of like watching soccer. I have a hard time watching soccer, or yeah. what the Europeans call football. Yeah, it's kind of like it looks like uh, mass chaos to me. Everybody just... Well, uh -huh. now, I, I will say when my son was young, and his uh, his mom got him involved in sports, that... He played, he played soccer for a few mm -hmm. years. My daughter did too. And what was interesting about watching those games is every once in a while, the kids basically gravitated toward the ball. That's, they didn't really teach them a whole lot about mm -hmm. you know, positions and where you need to be and setting yeah. up. They learn that as they get older. But every once in a while, you'd be sitting there watching. There'd be a big group of kids, and you'd see a shoe fly through the air. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody's shoe came untied. Yeah. They, went to, they had a chance to take a big lick at that ball. And so they did, and I don't know if, if they hit it or not, but their shoe came off, and you'd see. And then, you know, of course, uh, the referee would call a timeout, mm -hmm. let the kid go over and get his shoe, let his parents come out and tie it for him or her, yeah. and it was uh, actually kind of funny. Yeah, it was hilarious watching little kids play soccer because there'd be this little cluster of bodies all around the ball. Yes. And this little cluster would move all around on the field. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was pretty entertaining yeah. to watch. 8.42, it's uh, now time for a check of sports. Chris Schneider joining us from Lake TV on 89.3 The Key. Good morning. Hey, just a couple of days away from the weekend now. You know what that means. A lot of football on the way this weekend. College football. Game number three for Mizzou will be at home Saturday morning against Southeast Missouri State. The Tigers 1-1 one one on the season after losing at Kentucky last week. MSU Bears 1-1 one one as well. They're off this weekend. A lot of action tomorrow night. Of course, we got high school football. Nice battle between 2-1 and one Osage at home against 2-1 and one California. You can see the Indians and Pintos on Lake TV 
tomorrow night. The pregame show at 6.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock on Lake TV. Great game for Camdenton tomorrow night. The Lakers 3-0 at home against 3-0 West Plains. That ought to be quite the game there. Eldon is 2-1, and man, have they found a running back. Bryce Veach scored six touchdowns last week in their overtime win over Osage. So Eldon will be at 3-0 Hallsville tomorrow night. 1-2 Versailles will be at 0-3 Southern Boone tomorrow night. Of course, the Chiefs busy Sunday night. Game two of the season will be at Baltimore. That after that amazing comeback went over the Browns last week. And of course, baseball continues. The Cardinals, they've got today off. They will be at home against the Padres tomorrow. The Royals, they will stay busy today. They finish off a season again, a series against the A's. They will be at home against the Mariners tomorrow. So as always, KB, a ton of sports going on. Back to you. Hey, it's 844, and again, thank you, Chris Schneider, for taking the time to uh, join us and provide us with some local sports here on 89.3 The Key. Our guests are getting ready to come in and join us. We'll have them on here in just a bit, uh, 9 o'clock, Stacy Shore and uh, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen. What are we talking about? COVID? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about it all. I'm going to sac- sacrifice my spot and let James sit here. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we can do that. You can s- still stick around. We've got uh, a little time to the top of the hour. I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell you about some good news, some good things that are going on in our community, and I don't know whether or not uh, a lot of people know about this uh, this sort of thing. But uh, I mean, they're going to come on at nine o'clock, Bill. If you want, okay. if okay. you want to hang out for a little bit. Uh, recently, the uh, the city of Lake Ozark, in particular, the uh, Lake Ozark Police Department, were the recipients of uh, some firearms. They have uh, 17 officers, 14 full time, and yeah. three on reserve. And so, um, from Springfield Armory, I Dennis believe. Dennis mm-hmm. Reese and Springfield Armory. They donated new weapons and accessories for every LOPD officer, including reserves, as I mentioned. And uh, they set them up with uh, some nice 9 millimeters. They've got some good scopes on there. They've got the holsters. They've got, uh, f- they've got the ammunition, which is the hard thing to come by. Mm-hmm, yeah. Ammunition is very hard to come by these days, depending on what it is you're looking for, especially 9 millimeters. So anytime I see a box of 9 millimeter, if it's what I'm looking for, I snag it up. Mm. Um, one of the other things uh, that they did was equip the uh, city with a couple of nice rifles. Uh, they didn't give them to the city, but they sold them to the city for a very nice price. Hmm. So that being said, the uh, LOPD is now well equipped as far as firearms. And they're also bringing in some, uh, some educators to teach them uh, how to use them properly and, uh, and give them... Uh, I guess uh, a little bit of a a lesson on these uh, new weapons that they're going to have. However, recently, George Tucker of Tucker Shuckers, within the last couple of days, has donated some some money to the LOPD to the tune of uh, $7,500. Okay. And that is going to be, I guess, that, that goes into the benevolent fund. That is not something that goes into the city budget there and is for uh, use for the officers when they determine how they'd like to spend that money because as is the case and i think most of us know this here at the lake of the ozarks county and uh, city pds are uh, 
oftentimes uh, understaffed. Uh, their budgets aren't necessarily all that they can be. And uh, these officers, and, and certainly the guys that run the uh, police departments and sheriff's departments, get a, or they have a wish list from time to time. Hmm. And uh, they would definitely like to have various things, but they just don't have the money in the budget. And I think that's uh, true with a lot of the uh, various city uh, police departments. But uh, George Tucker from Tucker Shuckers and uh, the Neon Taco, the Malted Monkey, and Paradise Restaurants, uh, he made a very nice donation of uh, $7,500. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, much needed. I had a chance to talk to uh, Chief Launderville yesterday. I interviewed him for uh, my TV show, What's Burning Over on Lake TV. And he um, he was very appreciative, and uh, he knows that there are... And I say this in a day and age when police departments are being told that they're going to be losing funding, and, uh, you know, maybe people think that the uh, police departments don't have a lot of support from the people that live in the cities and towns and counties and, and places like that. There are, I think, a lot more people that do sup- uh, support law enforcement than don't. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the main thing with, with that is I don't think people understand, quite frankly, uh, you know, the fact that these are mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and brothers and sisters. And y- you, don't, uh, you don't necessarily take the family into account. And certainly um, one of the great organizations we have in the uh, Lake area, not too far from where we are right here, is Concerns of Police Survivors, COPS. Mm-hmm, right. And their job is to step in when a member of law enforcement is killed in the line of duty and help out the family and uh, offer them counseling. Uh, they have uh, camps for the kids, for the adults, and they do a, a wonderful job, a wonderful job of uh, stepping in and helping out and, and, and just letting the family know that, you know, because their mother or father or husband or wife or son or daughter uh, was killed in the line of duty, that they're not going to be forgotten and swept under the rug. And, and, and that's the big concern there, that after there is a loss, that, you know, people will be around for maybe a month, two months, maybe as many as six months. But then eventually, you know, these people start to kind of fade off into the, the shadows. And that's where cop steps in and uh, tries to do a good job of picking up the pieces and giving these people uh, some hope and making sure that they're not forgotten as uh, they go on. But uh, Tucker Shuckers making uh, the nice, uh, or, or George Tucker rather, making the nice $7,500 donation to the LOPD. And I guess uh, business owners over on the Strip realize that uh, having adequate police is, is an important thing. You know, it's, and it can't, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I talked to Chief Launderville about. I said, you know, the Lake of the Ozarks has been such an incredible place over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And people have really seen what this area is all about, so much so that they're buying up real estate left and right, and they're moving here. And I said, what type of stress and strain does that add to your department, especially in terms of having enough officers on duty? Yeah. Uh, you know, they are going to be uh, taxed to the max from now until Sunday with Bike Fest going on, mm-hmm. as is the case with a lot of other uh, law enforcement agencies around the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, I, I think government around the lake has to recalibrate that 
public safety is one of their most important roles, and it's going to become more of an important role as more and more people move here. And as this area becomes more popular, I mean, my, my goodness, we were put on the map so often last year, uh, you know, when they were trying to, and I think, you know, we, we, we've dealt with this as a tourist destination, a tourist location. When something happens that could be considered negative, and then you've got all of these media outlets trying to put an even bigger negative spin on it, like when we were talking about E. coli and, uh, you know, the impaired waterways, mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to maybe take the wind out of our sail, it seems like the resiliency of the people in this area always seems to win out over what you hear on the media because we've had various people that have been interviewed uh, locally, statewide, on the national level, and they've always come through with shining shining colors is as far as I'm concerned and, and, and have really done a great job of trying to take any negativity that's thrown at us mm -hmm. and turn it into something positive. Right, yeah. People don't realize what a special place this is. Uh, some people do, but they need to, to realize that more. Uh, my wife and I, we just got done um, selling a place we had in another state to remain nameless. Right. <laughs> and, and part of the reason we, uh, we sold there is that during uh, COVID, uh, everything was shut down. I mean, there, were, there was nothing you could do there. So there was no point in keeping the, the property. And we have this amazing freedom here. People criticize it because we are not um, doing some of the things that maybe the outside governing authorities think we ought to. Right. But the great story about the lake is even though we have this freedom, we don't have any extraordinary health concerns here either. So it goes against the whole narrative of shutting things down for public safety. Well, and, and that you know continues to be the case here where we're not seeing... Uh, the kinds of numbers that we were seeing before as far as COVID. The numbers are going down. Mm -hmm. And right. I think it's necessary for us to realize and understand that we've got some great leadership here, and we've got people who know how to handle things, and we don't need government mandates from Washington, D.C., or anywhere else for that matter, trying to uh, get us to be uh, little sh sheeple, I guess, mm -hmm. if you want to yeah. call them that. You know, that we follow... Uh, we follow along with somebody who, uh, who, uh, in, in my opinion, is getting a, a lot of bad information. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, what's left of the Rush Limbaugh show uh, on KRMS yesterday, mm -hmm. and they had a hilarious piece of all of these uh, uh, Anthony Fauci quotes about mask wearing, and all of his quotes about well, it doesn't work, it doesn't help to wear a mask, and then but you have to wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated, you wear a mask, but it doesn't help to wear a mask, and from all these different times when he contradicted himself because these these people, as much as they're trying, they really don't have an answer. They don't. They and, don't. But they feel compelled to say something. Well, they feel compelled to say something. They feel even more compelled to do something. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, in, in doing something, they've just really led people down a path that... Uh, has, has, I think, caused more problems yeah, than solved. Everybody argues about their proposed solutions yes. when, in fact, they, we know objectively, rationally, that their proposed solutions don't work. Well, and, and you know, living in a country where we value liberty, where we value freedom, uh, some, some of us do, not everybody, mm -hmm. where we value uh, liberty and where we value freedom, why not leave it up to the people to make the decisions. Why not leave it up to the people that, if you want to wear a mask, you know what? Go ahead, wear a mask. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that.
If you want to get vaccinated and you feel comfortable doing that, then go for it. But if there are people out there that don't want to comply, there are people who don't want to wear a mask, they don't want to get vaccinated, they have their own uh, feelings and beliefs, and it doesn't go along with yours, then, you know, let those people do what they want to do, how they want to do it. I think that's the most important thing that we can possibly do. And I talked to, I was, I was talking to Ike Skelton about this, um, you know, my body, my choice. And we had heard that maybe some years ago with uh, another topic, but we won't get into that. But mm-hmm. why, not, why not allow that to be the rallying cry, my body, my choice, mm-hmm. and, and, and let people do what they want to do, how they want to do it. Don't force them to do it. Don't hang their jobs over their heads. Don't give these people ridiculous incentives as far as you know, uh, money, uh, college educations, uh, scholarships, things along those lines, because... Again, you know, and I think you coined it uh, very well, Bill, when you said it's a form of discrimination. Sure. Yeah. If you, regardless of what you require of people, if it's, if you require, you're, you're requiring to comply to something, then it is a form of discrimination. It's like insisting that the black people be in the back of the bus. It's, it's discrimination. Exactly. Exactly. And I, what, what, what I don't understand is why, you know, there's not more people out there that are uh, kind of pushing that a little bit. I mean, in a day and age when everybody wants to call everybody a, a racist or a bigot or white privilege or this is discrimination and that's discrimination, this falls right into uh, the, the true definition, the true heart of what discrimination is all about. Well, I, I think it um, really the heart of it is the political <coughs> divide in the country because there are certain... <coughs> There are a certain number of people who want to see centralization. They think that the central authority ought to govern everything. And so the central, if the central authority decides everybody ought to be vaccinated, then everybody ought to be vaccinated. And then there's the other wing of the country that says, well, we should have the freedom to decide for ourselves. And each state should be able to make its own rules. And as long as that conflict continues, we're going to be arguing over these issues and um, I don't see a resolution to it. Here's, here's an interesting thought process. There's a band, and I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. I grew up listening to them, a band out of Canada called Rush. Rush. Yeah. And they came out with a song called The Trees. And it was about oaks and maples. And mm. so the oaks were these towering trees, and they towered over the maples. And... They blocked all the sunlight, and the maples couldn't get the sunlight. But the Canadian symbol is the maple leaf. Does it have something to do with well, that? It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it, has, it has to do with how they've taken care of oppression hmm. because they, you know, the oaks were blocking all the sunlight. The maples couldn't get the sunlight. The, the maples felt oppressed, so they went to the government, and they made a plea to the government. And uh, one of the, uh, I guess, final lines <laughs> in the song is the trees were all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw, which means the government came in and just bulled everybody over. They didn't care about how they felt or if they were being oppressed or who was in, 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 the, in the right and who was in the wrong. Yeah. And, but I say that because I feel so much like that is what is, is going to be the ultimate answer in all of this. Wow. When, you know, the government's not going to even look at anyone as far as who's right and who's wrong. They're going to step and do what they want to do, how they want to do it. And if you don't like it, too bad, too bad, too sad. And yeah. so hopefully we don't get to that point. But 
I think uh, we're already kind of leaning in some areas uh, in that general direction. Hey, we've got information coming up at the top of the hour. We'll hear from Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com. We also have a full day of uh, programming, and following this program, we will get uh, into Faith, Family, and Freedom at 10 a.m., the Jennings Journal with Becky Jennings at 11, the Family Post at noon, Ozark's uh, Highlands Radio, which has become a favorite of uh, Bill Mundhausen at 1 o'clock, True History Professor at 2 p.m., and then uh, Bill's uh, podcast, The Key Ozarks Podcast, coming up at uh, 3 p.m. Then we'll uh, rebroadcast all of that for you a couple of different times, so make sure you stick around if you don't catch it live. And uh, when we do it, of course, we rebroadcast this show uh, at 4 o'clock and then again at midnight. We'll get to news, we'll get to sports, we'll get to... Uh, uh, check of the weather forecast, and we'll talk with our guests, Stacy Shore and Commissioner James Gohagen. It's all a part of what's going on on 89.3 The Key. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 16th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake Ozark police are feeling the love from their community lately. Lake Ozark businessman George Tucker has donated $7,500 to benefit the city's police officers. On Tuesday, the Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted to honor Tucker with a resolution expressing their appreciation for his support. His donation comes just two weeks after Dennis Reese and Springfield Armory donated new weapons and accessories for every Lake Ozark police officer. Horse and dog shelters in the lake area may be eligible for up to $10,000 in grant money. Through the Community Foundation of the Lake, they've announced a new round of earmark grants just for that purpose. The grant round will open September 26th and close on October 24th. Want more information? Check out the CFL's website. Just go to communityfoundationofthelake.com. It's time for fall ball, and Ballparks National will be welcoming teams from far and wide for the season. This is their first full year in operation. Staff says it was a huge success. The spring and summer seasons brought 8,250 athletes with 1,286 games. Wow. And thanks to the ballpark's all-turf fields, not a single game was rained out. Tournaments have been very popular, and many are already sold out. So teams across the Midwest who want to play this fall can check out ballparksnational.com. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Join 89.3 The Key for the BS Nation, featuring Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Bring in people who are influential in the community and focus mostly on state or local, and that's really what that's what we wanted to do. Ike and Matt will address local and state issues and how they affect the lake area. It's up to the listener to take it in how they want to take it in. It's the BS Nation, Mondays and Saturdays at 10 a.m., 6 p.m., and 2 a.m. on 89.3 The Key. 
Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center. Why are there so many different interpretations of scripture and theology? The Apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Philippians 2.2 saying, Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other and working together with one mind and purpose. Nevertheless, Christians disagree over basic Bible teachings about creation, the nature of God, and prophecies regarding the last days. I just read one scholar's opinion blaming our disagreements on lack of true faith, poor teaching in the church, and corruption by the world. Basically, negative things. Let me instead offer a positive reason. Christians think for themselves about their faith. We are called to study the word and ponder what it means, and that leads to subtle disagreement. Nevertheless, we agree in our commitment to Jesus Christ. The many interpretations of scripture divides the church at a time when we need unity more than ever. Thankfully, you can fix this. Set aside your theories and favorite teachers and read the Bible for clarity. Hi, it's KB inviting you to join me for my new radio program, The Daily Show. I'll keep you up to date on the latest happenings at the Lake of the Ozarks and talk to the people who are involved in and with our great community. Join me for the live show from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. We'll also rebroadcast the show twice daily at 4 p.m. and again at midnight. It's The Daily Show at keyradio.live and on 89.3 The Key. your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key. All right, welcome back to The Daily Show. It is 9.06. We've got a check of sports and weather coming up, so we'll get that taken care of here, Toot Sweet, and uh, move on to our guests who are joining us in studio this morning here on South Business 5 in Camdenton. 
at 89.3 the key. Uh, 86 the expected high today. And then we'll drop down to a low tonight of around 63 degrees. Some beautiful, uh, you know, not bad at all, I guess you could say. Not uh, really too bad in terms of the weather. Uh, we were supposed to have a high yesterday of around 83. I think we surpassed that. And I'm seeing an updated forecast now that says 87 for the high today and a low tonight of 64. 87 the expected high tomorrow. 87 on Saturday. Looks like 87 again a possibility on Sunday and Monday. So things are warming up just a little bit. However, looking at... Uh, Maybe a chance for rain here on Tuesday. About a 50-50 shot at this point and a high of around 80. And then we'll uh, kind of cool into the 70s throughout the rest of the week, of next week, that is. Right now, uh, we are up to, uh, I'm having a hard time believing it's 62 degrees out there. Maybe it is, but uh, that's what it says. Clear, oh, no, see it updated itself, 67 is where we are here in downtown Camdenton at the current time. I say downtown Camdenton. We are the thriving metropolis here at the Lake of the Ozarks, the hub, if you will, of uh, the lake, the city of Camdenton, with a whole lot of nice things that they, uh, that they are working on to expand the city and expand what it is uh, that we're doing uh, and growing in our economic development. Uh, they had the uh, ribbon cutting for the runway uh, on Saturday which is great. They added another 1,002 feet to the runway. We'll talk more about that, uh, of course, when we get maybe uh, Jeff Hooker back in here, the city administrator from the city of Camdenton. Right now, quick check of sports, and then we'll come back and talk to our guests, Commissioner James Cohagen and Stacy Shore. Local, what, can, can we call you local activist? Is that a good title for you? Yes. All right, local activist Stacy Shore. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to both of them it. on the other side of our check of sports here on, on 89.3 The Key. be good morning hey just a couple of days away from the weekend now you know what that means a lot of football on the way this weekend college football game number three for mizzou will be at home saturday morning against southeast missouri state the tigers one and one on the season after losing at kentucky last week msu bears one and one as well they're off this weekend a lot of action tomorrow night of course we got high school football nice battle between two and one osage at home against two and one california you can see the indians and pintos on lake tv tomorrow night the pregame show at 6 30 kickoff seven o'clock on lake tv great game for camdenton tomorrow night the lakers three and oh at home against three and oh west plains that ought to be quite the game there eldon is two and one and man have they found a run back Bryce Veach scored six touchdowns last week in their overtime win over Osage so Eldon will be at 3-0 Hallsville tomorrow night one and two Versailles will be at 0-3 Southern Boone tomorrow night of course the Chiefs busy Sunday night game two of the season will be at Baltimore that after that amazing comeback win over the Browns last week and of course baseball continues the Cardinals they've got today off they will be at home against the Padres tomorrow the Royals, they will stay busy today. They finish off a season again, a series against the A's. They will be at home against the Mariners tomorrow. So, as always, KB, a ton of sports going on. Back to you. All right. Thank you, Chris Schneider. We appreciate it. 910, it is the Daily Show on 89.3 The Key. Heard on the interweb, keyradio.live. So, we've got. Uh, 
Well, the uh, the next 50 minutes or so to uh, talk a little bit about some of the issues going on in Camden County. I guess in particular we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, vaccination mandate that came down from the President of the United States. We say it came down from the President of the United States, but I'd be willing to bet it came down from somebody else and he just kind of he just was there as, as the figurehead to mention it. Stacy Shore is joining us this morning, a local activist, as we've just kind of given her that title. She likes that, so we'll go with that. And uh, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen, good morning to both of you. Good morning. Former activist. Former activist. <laughs> Greetings, KB. Good, good to, to see you guys. And, it, and we've been uh, kind of chopping at the bit to get James in here to talk about some things going on. So what about this uh, vaccination mandate? And uh, again, we, Bill and I were talking about this last hour. As far as, uh, uh, you know, we're all grown-ups here. We're all big boys and girls, and I think, you know, they don't have any problem. Uh, the government doesn't have any problem letting us decide where we want to work and what we want to do and, you know, if we want to go to uh, dinner with our families or go out to a park or something like that. But when it comes to vaccinations, it's a whole other ball game. Well, I think that what I would look at, and we talked about this when the whole COVID thing emerged. I've said this from the beginning it's not really about the vaccine. It's about co the contact tracing that comes with the vaccine. Right. Because how do you monitor people's movement, you know, where they go? I mean, if they can walk into a restaurant, if they can go into the grocery store, whether they can work, it's all through contact tracing. So in my opinion, the vaccine is a way to contact trace. And I think that's always been a huge concern. And if you're watching Australia and you're watching other countries, which... They try to censor, so we can't see. But if you're actually watching what's happening in other countries and all of the riots that are going on, it's tied to the contact tracing. And so I think that what I, you know, what James and I have talked about is that, you know, with the, when the mandate came down from Biden in the form of an executive order, first of all, he's not a king. So let's get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're a representative government with checks and balances, and we can't forget that. He does not have the authority nor the power to just send out an edict for all of the peasants, and we have to do what he says. So I think that it was incredibly prophetic back in January earlier this year. Was it this year? Yeah, this year. Yeah. That Commissioner Gohagen had the foresight with some other amazing people to come up with something called Constitutional Camden County. And so our conversation has been, I'm just with, with Commissioner Gohagen, why did you, could you see that there was a need? What was the original intent? So I think if you could go into that, I just think you deserve so much credit for being able to see potentially what was coming to bringing it to the forefront when at the time this seems super far-fetched. And yeah, I just think you should talk about it was, that. It was viewed as pretty radical at the time. Uh, now, it, I mean... It wasn't just me. It was uh, Bill here had helped me write up quite a bit of the verbiage. Um, that got punted around a few times. And, uh, you know, I found out very early on uh, politics is there's a lot of compromise, which really with this vaccine mandate, I don't see a lot of compromise. You know, it's you, you can have a private business and run it how you want unless you do exactly what we say is what this appears to be like. Sorry, KB. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. So, uh, you know, I, I, there's, and there's a lot of questions to this vaccine mandate, you know, is, are, uh, is it going to be a requirement for unemployment? Because that doesn't seem to be fair to 
require working class people to get a vaccine um, and not the people that are, you know, essentially. Taking, That's crazy. Taking government benefits. Take, I mean, let's take that in. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, and, and my question is, have we ever been in a position like this before? Because there have been various things, various outbreaks. Uh, uh, you know, there was Ebola for a while and then uh, swine flu and uh, some other uh, there was SARS and, and all of these other things. And did we react to it uh, the way that it's being reacted or, or the way it's being treated and handled now? And, and the reason I say that is, is because it sounds to me like they've really found something that they could use to control people on all different levels. Whatever way they want you to go, you're going down the COVID road. We want mm -hmm. people to, uh, you know, we want to be able to keep an eye on, on people. So we get into contact tracing. Mm -hmm. we, we want people to uh, stay home. So, we, you know, we, we, we mandate this and we mandate that and mask wearing and everything along those lines. And I guess I didn't really come to appreciate what we do here in Camden County yeah. until I got a chance to go down to Taney County back in March. <laughs> and I understood those people were saying, it's the law. You have to wear a mask in this restaurant. Well, no, it's not a law. And if you want to press it, they'll call the cops. And ba basically yeah. the cops will say, well, it's a you know private business or whatever. They'll consider it trespassing and tell you to get out. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's fine. You just don't ever go back there and support that business anymore. But the point is... The point is with all of this is is the whole issue of we want you to wear a mask. So we're going to make you jump through all these little hoops. However, when it comes right down to it, it's not the mask because people, you know, their nose is hanging over the mask. They pull the mask to uh, down to talk. They wear a mask that doesn't go over their face all the way. They take it off to eat and, and do other things. So is the mask really as important as people say it is, or is it just another mechanism for the government to try and make us do what they want us I to do? I think it's all about control. Exactly. And so I think, I first of all, think it's about fear. So, I mean, as anyone knows, if the government can make you fearful and afraid, then they can then come in and control you. And so I think what Camden County and so many amazing activists or informed taxpayers and residents, Bill Mudhausen, who's right here with us, have, have done is they've come to the table and they've said, ultimately, we want to be free. And until, like, like you said, KB, you, you step outside of this little almost utopia that's been created by saying we're going to take our chances, be adults, we're going to make informed decisions, and we're going to live with those decisions. And that's what it means to be an American. But when you step out of this, like you said, you can get arrested for not having on a mask because local elected officials are signing into ordinances. They're using their power to bring in what they call laws to really restrict the movement and the activity of the people in their district. And you guys didn't do that, no. James. I mean, and that's where I go, I go back into, like, what was the, uh, the intent? Again, seems so relevant now that Biden has signed this executive order. Talk about that piece and what you've learned as of late. And what authority do you have as a commission to continue to protect the people in our county? Well, I mean, we, we kind of learned during the shutdown of COVID that uh, our rights were not as expansive as we originally thought whenever it comes to local government. And, you know, I mean, I ran, I kind of ran on that, you know, that there, I don't want to tell anybody what to do ever. As far as masks go, I mean, masks have really replaced the plastic 
Walmart sack as the new piece of litter across the nation. It's the new cigarette butt, as I was uh, told by a, 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 a doctor. By my cardiologist said that masks are uh, considered the new cigarette yeah. butt. Well, and I, I also look at that real silly, too, because, okay, theoretically, if this mask is stopping COVID and, it's, and, and COVID's on the outside of the mask, right? So when somebody takes it off and throws it down, wouldn't that be considered, you know, hazardous waste? And I ask our governor that very same question as far as the disposal of the mask. Do you wear, number one, do you wear it properly? And do you wear it, like if you have to wear it at work, you've got to keep it over your face. You know, if you want to go outside and have a smoke or, you know, have a drink or uh, a bite to eat, you're obviously going to have to take it off. But wearing it properly the rest of the time. And then, as, as I said, the disposal. And I asked the governor, I said, shouldn't this be considered to some degree hazardous waste? And you should have a separate container uh, with the little biohazard sign yeah. on it where you're throwing those masks away. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Those are conversations no one's having. No. Because at the end of the day, sensible. <laughs> what's this really about? <laughs> right, control. And again, going back to Constitutional Camden County, as a first-class county, you have the right to protect us. I mean, am I right on that? I well, mean, yeah, how do you keep out the federal same government? Same thing with this, the Second Amendment. You know, we were the first one to get that passed. And then um, the Constitutional Camden County kind of got swept under the rug because you know, everybody loves guns. So that, you know, that went all the way across the state. And then as far as the constitutional Camden County, it was just kind of like a reassertion of our rights. And what does that say? I mean, what are, can you give us just some bullet points? Yeah. The, there's a few things. Um, all businesses, places of worship, you know, are considered essential. Right. Um, it's very common sense stuff. Cause uh, let's go back in the beginning, the commission, before you got there, they did shut us down for a yeah, time being. Correct. Yeah, I definitely used that during my election. And so they determined who was essential, who was non-essential. And so the, the precipice for this constitutional Camden County was based on the fact that why is it fair that Walmart stays open, right. but like all the mom and pop shut down? <clears throat> well, in churches too. I, I knew Absolutely. a lot of uh, people in the church community that were like, why are why is your soul your you know your mortal soul not considered essential? Um, it's your fan club. That's my work. It's your fan club. <laughs> so uh, you know we went through a lot of that, and um, w we were trying to. Me and Bill had talked about it at length. We were trying to get something um, that covered everything, mm -hmm. which. Like I said, the original one we had was probably considered pretty extreme, um, but now it's not. Right, now it's not that's extreme. right. Um, so you know, there's a, there's a few things in it that I would like to change personally. Um, going back, I wish I would have fought a little harder on them. And I think Miss Brinkman also brought up the fact that you know, unless by law individuals have the right to refuse directives, well now it's going to be law. That's so right. I feel like we do need to revisit this ordinance how's it law i mean talk about osha and how they're trying to say i mean can you talk about that i feel like it's bit? an expansion of you know you always see expansion of government through different governmental bodies so it's not biden it's osha now it's not this you know it's it it's not the health department it's the cdc this is their recommendation so we have to do what they say um, and I feel like that's, it, it's just another expansion on a governmental body. You know, the EPA, I know firsthand 
they won't do anything for people. Mm-hmm. They just want to go in and find somebody and get money. That's right. all they want. They don't care about the people actually suffering. Um, so I feel like OSHA, you know, as far as I found this out too, that they, as far as a municipality or a local government, they will not have anything to say to us. But your private business that has 100 or more employees, they can definitely come in there and say, you, 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 you're all fined. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a $14,000 fine. Yes, it is. So does so, the county have any ability? That well, sh- I mean, personally, I would like to just counter that with a $15,000 fine. If you go ahead and make right. this, uh, if you own a business in here and you're going to make people put something into the, to their body that they do not want, to me, that's assault. That's a crime. Absolutely. So I would like to put a fifteen thousand dollar fine for anybody that decides that's that's the way to go. We have to retaliate in a way that if if the czar Joe Biden is going to put out ridiculous executive orders that that should not carry any weight of the law, I mean, as far as that test it. The other part of it was that a lot of us noticed, and Bill can talk about this also in a minute, but that the intent and what was originally presented looked one way, but when it was brought back, it had this just simple few words in it that right. said, unless required by law, which really undermined the whole intent, the whole promise of constitutional Camden County. When that language was added, which that was not added by you. Am I right? No, that changed the very structure of what the intent was. Now, are we talking about the when, when you had your original meeting? Have you gone back and changed some things since that original meeting? It was no, not me. Uh, it was not you personally. It, I'm just saying it was somewhat similar to the Second Amendment ordinance, where you know we had a first draft basically, and honestly, mine was pretty timid compared yeah. to the second draft, um, which I put forth and it was accepted so i was very happy with that um on the constitutional camden county it was uh you know i I said there is a lot of compromise in uh government and you know i'm one of three so to get something on the books pass it as it was i I, like i said miss brinkman and bill both had objected to that very language and looking back you know you I wish I could change the way I reacted to that, but it was your first month in office. First yeah, of all, Let's it was a very <laughs> stressful time for me. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was trying to figure out what that looks like to be a commissioner. There's no book. Um, and I'm very thankful for, you know, some of the other elected officials that kind of took me under their wing, showed me a lot, uh, of things I didn't know. I've, I've been learning from them. So I really do appreciate that. But, it was a compromise, and now I think, uh, looking back, it was kind of something we need to go back and revisit, for sure. And that's what I think, honestly, a lot of us would ask, and that's where we'll come to you. We need to amend Constitutional Camden County formally now that we've been assaulted, and that's how I feel by the president through an executive order, because what we've watched is that Everyone points to the health department. Well, the health department says so. Well, the health department then points to the CDC. Well, the the CDC just got struck down by the Supreme Court as having no authority to make laws. They can give recommendations. That is all. Right. They're like a lobbyist, essentially. uh, They're a bureaucratic agency. I mean, they have their... We 
We are a representative government for a reason. There are checks and balances, and the people that are elected are the ones that are authorized to make laws that change our lives, that can in interfere with our businesses, the way we live. The CDC is not one of those. So, so we rush a vaccine through, and it gets FDA approval so that we can get people vaccinated, which some people are getting vaccinated and they're still getting COVID. Mm. There's people that haven't been vaccinated, they've had COVID and they've made it through okay. But the point is, is we're, we're rushing through a vaccine and then we're going to give the companies that manufacture the vaccine a pass. So in case there's any residuals or any problems, they can't be held responsibly, right. responsible uh, legally. Mm -hmm. And then we still don't know all of the issues and problems that it's gonna cause. Uh, because it's only been around for not even quite a year yet. And, you know, we, we heard some of the things where it might mess with your DNA. It might prevent women from having children. Uh, and those are just, you know, that's speculative at this point. Sure. But then, you know, like a lot of the pharmaceuticals that you see, okay? Right. Fine, you're watching TV, <laughs> and we've got a pill for you to take so you can have great skin and all of this other stuff. And then, you know, the, the, the pros are, are far outweighed by the cons. Well, you know, it d could do this, you could have bleeding, you could die, you could drop dead, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And then about, what, a year, two years, three years later, we see a law firm that says, if you took this particular yeah, drug and you are experiencing any of these issues or problems, well, give us a call because, you know, we care about you. We care about your family. We want you to get all the compensation that you're entitled to, plus their cut of the, the, of the compensation that you receive. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm just waiting to see, and, and, and I don't know if it'll ever happen or not. Maybe once we get through all of this and they, you know, they, they, they take the, the blinders off and realize and understand what this was all about. My point being is, will we see these kind of TV commercials for law firms coming out and saying, if you have the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and you're experiencing, you know, this, and your that. your company yeah. forced yeah. you to get it. And yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Well, and here's, the, here's the deal, and I, I'll touch super quick on this. But Senate Bill 51 that made its way through Missouri, this last legislative session that so many people fought, and I'll talk about this in my own show coming up, but that paved the way for an order like this. So when you see the corruption, and it was model legislation that made its way through the whole entire country. And so, and that indemnified even further, you know, the hospitals, the doctor's offices, any person that actually gave the injection, marketed the injection. And it was like, why were they so careful about indemnifying anybody that had anything to do? Right. And that's been around for, yeah. you know, and they and they they redefined what COVID was in that legislation. It's not a new thing. No, and that's yeah. So that's this is something really important that we can go into. But while I have you here, while we have you here right now, I think the most important thing, and we'll talk about it. I know you have to leave because you have a commission meeting. Yeah. But first of all, thank you. I mean, not even knowing what you were walking into when you brought <laughs> Constitutional Camden County right. to the attention of the other two commissioners. It was so important and you could never have anticipated how much so until now, like 10 months later. Yeah, now it seems pretty relevant. And so now we know how to fix it, make it better and stronger. And so I think that that is something that I know that you will be on the forefront of doing. And thank you for that in advance because yeah. I just, I think so many of us are so grateful um, for what you've done with the Second Amendment Preservation Act with constitutional Camden County, with really listening. But you guys are watchmen on the wall, your guardians. And that's a really important role, you know, for all these people. It's a heavy, heavy yeah. thing when you see, 
you know, the president come down with a federal order. It's a heaviness. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? So I'm sure you've lost some sleep. Oh, yeah. I mean, when Biden said that, you know, their patients wearing thin and they will get these governors out of the way, that was a pretty dark, um, well, governors and elected officials. <laughs> that was a pretty dark realization that, uh, oh, this is the gloves could be coming off on this one. All yeah. of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, those people just don't matter, right? Hey, yeah, we're going yeah. to we're going to kick you to the curb yeah. because we've got something that we want to push through, and no one will stand in our way. That's I will right. get all of these other governors and elected officials out of your way. James, thanks for coming in, and and I appreciate it. We finally got you in here, and uh, hopefully, Stacey we'll, had to beat me on the head. Well, <laughs> hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to get you back in again uh, very soon. I know there's some other issues we want to talk about. And uh, when you get the opportunity, please, uh, please make yourself available. We'd love to have you back in to talk. And, and also, you know, Don and Greg are welcome to come in, too. I've yeah. Get them on in here. Rolled out the red carpet for them. 931, we've got information coming up. Uh, Stacy Johnson with uh, LakeExpo.com. We'll get some local news, check of sports, and we'll uh, hear more from Stacy Shore on the other side of our information break here on 89.3 The Key. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Thursday, September 16th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake Ozark police are feeling the love from their community lately. Lake Ozark businessman George Tucker has donated $7,500 to benefit the city's police officers. On Tuesday, the Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen voted to honor Tucker with a resolution expressing their appreciation for his support. His donation comes just two weeks after Dennis Reese and Springfield Armory donated new weapons and accessories for every Lake Ozark police officer. Horse and dog shelters in the lake area may be eligible for up to $10,000 in grant money. Through the Community Foundation of the Lake, they've announced a new round of earmark grants just for that purpose. The grant round will open September 26th and close on October 24th. Want more information? Check out the CFL's website. Just go to communityfoundationofthelake.com. It's time for fall ball, and Ballparks National will be welcoming teams from far and wide for the season. This is their first full year in operation. Staff says it was a huge success. The spring and summer seasons brought 8,250 athletes with 1,286 games. Wow. And thanks to the ballpark's all-turf fields, not a single game was rained out. Tournaments have been very popular, and many are already sold out. So teams across the Midwest who want to play this fall can check out ballparksnational.com. Get more Lake of the Ozarks news at lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Who knows and understands the Lake of the Ozarks better than the people who live here? Key Radio is bringing the public square right to your radio, computer, or mobile device. We get a lot of outside advice on how to handle what's happening at the lake, and that's great. However, we'd rather hear from the people like you who live here, get involved, and really make a difference with Key Radio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key.
The serving table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the serving table can open every day. Learn more at keygatheringplace.com or search Facebook for the serving table. Key Radio is the newest and most exciting radio format at the lake. It's not made up of political pundits or media experts. It's made up by the people. The people at the Lake of the Ozarks. Our content providers offer a variety of interesting viewpoints on many different topics. Key Radio encourages you to share your talents and viewpoints by becoming a content provider. Go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio to find out more about 89.3 The Key. Who supports Key Radio financially? I do. This is Bill Munhausen speaking on behalf of the Key Ozarks podcast and Key Gathering Place in Camdenton. When I began podcasting two years ago with a few friends, we wanted a radio show, but it didn't work out. Key Radio gives us an opportunity to share our message, so I am happy to support the Key with a monthly underwriting donation. Key Gathering Place is our community center at Lake of the Ozarks for events and gatherings. The Key Ozarks radio program presents Christian activists seeking the truth of things rather than ideology, employing an eclectic mix of biblical thought and political philosophy much like the founders of the nation did at the last revolution. Please consider supporting The Key with your monthly donation. Positive programming provided by you on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3, The Key. Hey, it's 936. We are up to 67 degrees. Another beautiful day at the lake, 86, the expected high. Make it 87. 87 degrees, the expected high with a low tonight of around, oh, they're calling for a low tonight of around 64 degrees, 87 the high tomorrow. They've amended the weekend forecast yet again, 87 for Saturday and Sunday, a mix of clouds and sun, 86 on Monday, make it 87 now. It just updated right in front of my face. Uh, maybe a chance for rain, about a 50-50 shot on Tuesday, a high of 79, 73 the expected high on Wednesday. I need to build Munhausen and start getting up in the morning since this weather is nice. Get up maybe a, about a half hour earlier and... Uh, Go for a little walk. There's a guy, I see him every morning about 7 o'clock walking down Highway 54. He's normally headed east on 54. And uh, I've seen him off and on. I think he walks like two or three times a day. Wow. And I, it, mm-hmm. I remember the before, and I see the after. And this guy's looking great. I mean, he's nice and toned and tan and everything. Yeah, I don't an know example that, for all of us. Huh? I'll, uh, yeah, he's, yeah he's, the, he's the poster boy for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, some great weather coming up here, and we'll get into the uh, fall festival-type weather. We'll also take an opportunity now to hear our last uh, check of sports from Chris Schneider over there at Lake TV and get to uh, what's going to be happening as we get closer to a football Friday night. Looking forward to that and uh, how, those, uh, how those Chiefs are going to fare possibly on Sunday night. I think, uh, I guess since the Cardinals really aren't in the... Uh, uh, the run for the playoffs or the World Series or anything like that, and the Royals either, that maybe most folks are done with baseball. Who knows? 938, here's Chris on the key. 
Monday be good. Morning. Hey, just a couple of days away from the weekend. Now, you know what that means. A lot of football on the way this weekend. College football. Game number three for Mizzou will be at home Saturday morning against Southeast Missouri State. The Tigers 1-1 one and one on the season after losing at Kentucky last week. MSU Bears 1-1 one and one as well. They're off this weekend. A lot of action tomorrow night. Of course, we got high school football. Nice battle between 2-1 and one Osage at home against 2-1 and one California. You can see the Indians and Pintos on Lake TV tomorrow night. The pregame show at 6.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock on Lake TV. Great game for Camdenton tomorrow night. The Lakers 3-0 at home against 3-0 West Plains. That ought to be quite the game there. Eldon is 2-1 and one, and man, have they found a run back. Bryce Veach scored six touchdowns last week in their overtime win over Osage. So Eldon will be at 3-0 Hallsville tomorrow night. 1-2 Versailles will be at 0-3 Southern Boone tomorrow night. Of course, the Chiefs busy Sunday night. Game two of the season will be at Baltimore. That after that amazing comeback win over the Browns last week. And of course, baseball continues. The Cardinals, they've got today off. They will be at home against the Padres tomorrow. The Royals, they will stay busy today. They finish off a season again, a series against the A's. They will be at home against the Mariners tomorrow. So, as always, KB, a ton of sports going on. Back to you. Thank you, sir. 9.40 is our time. You are listening to The Daily Show on 89.3 The Key. Heard online at thekeyradio.live. We broadcast live from the Key Gathering Place on South Business 5 in Camdenton. And you are always welcome to stop in. We've got Jenny Brinkman here with uh, We the People of Camden County. We had uh, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen in. We've got Stacy Shore, our local activist, in. Bill Mundhausen is here. It's uh, You might want to just put a revolving door on the place. It, it, it would make it a little easier. Yeah, it makes it exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, we got a lot it's of folks easy coming to in. to run a show when everybody's chiming in. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's... Don't, don't, yeah, <laughs> especially when you used to do five hours instead of two. I mean, yeah. two hours, it's almost like you can do the standing on your head. So let's uh, kind of pick up the conversation where we left off or maybe move on to another topic. Stacy. I know you were, uh, uh, we were talking about this uh, constitutional Camden County yeah. and uh, a little verbiage change that uh, could have, now, did it really set things back or, uh, or are you looking at maybe going in and trying to, uh, uh, redo what was undone. Well, I think that's a bill question because I just want to give credit where a lot of credit is due because he'll never, but Bill had the foresight and just, I mean, his, his pragmatic leadership when it comes to really looking at something he could foresee. And so there were a lot of conversations about all of this. So I think Bill's the best person to answer all that, that question. So Okay. He understood what happened. So, like, what happened? Let me let me put it in context. Um, when when this all started, I was actually working on something called uh, Defend Missouri, which was we tried to do constitutional Camden County at the state level because mm-hmm. we we could see the writing on the wall that we had to protect our state. And I met with Susie Pollock. I think it's okay to say to say her name. Mm-hmm. I think she'll back me up on this. But she explained the process that takes place. A legislator at the state level will write a perfectly nice ordinance, a nice law, and it'll be a common sense statement of what the law ought to be. But then that write-up is given to people in the back room. Attorneys. 
They're uh, legislative assistants. They are but the attorneys legal do writers, it. and yeah. they are attorneys. They have, if they're not attorneys, they at least are versed in what an attorney knows. And their role is to make it so that that law can't easily be overturned. Mm-hmm. And that has, that sounds good, and the intent is good, but the result is if you're trying to change something, you are by definition in conflict with something existing. And the attorneys will try to make it so that it can't be overturned, mm-hmm. so they make it conform. And let me just preface it this way, because when we were dealing with education legislation, mm-hmm. what you realized is a lot of those people in the basement is what I said, like mm-hmm. the attorneys and those that actually they send it over to legal when you present something. Yeah. They're the ones who wrote the law in the first place because right. they've been there for 25 or 30 years. So they were the ones that actually constructed yeah. the law that we're trying to undo like five years later. Mm-hmm. And to say that those people don't have a political leaning at all is completely naive because they do. And so they, I agree 100%. I've seen it in firsthand, up close and personal. Yeah. And it's not okay, but it's what we deal with. You, you'll often hear attorneys talk about legal precedent. Yes. And legal precedent means this is how it's been decided in the past. So if you're trying to change what was decided in the past, they, by definition, counteract that. By making it conform to what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And that is the basic dilemma of lawmakers at the state level. And it's now the the basic dilemma of what happens locally. When I was uh, an alderman in Lynn Creek, little old Lynn Creek, with, you know, 30 voters, I think I was elected by a vote (laughs) of, like, 16 to 5 or something ridiculous like that. Super majority. Yeah. (laughs) We had an attorney sit in on every... Uh, public meeting Mm -hmm. and the attorney's role was to listen to us and make sure we didn't say anything that was contrary to the law and so even in a little town like that you have attorneys who are helping to craft the law so that it isn't in conflict with any other law and if you're trying to be an independent entity like a little town that might want to set up something that resists outside influences the attorney is always counteracting you however i want to bring this up though yeah a legal opinion is an opinion absolutely because you may get three attorneys that are sitting here and they can all have a completely different legal opinion so when you're bringing in these attorneys as elected officials that are radical democrats to write your policy what do you think they're going to write it they're going to write it with a sharp left lean and not a conservative lean because that's their political slant. Yeah, you're exactly right. What a public official ought to do is listen to his attorney, get what he's warning you about because that's his role is to warn you about what your vulnerability is. And then if you have a passion for what you're working on, you stand up and do it. Yeah. Even if there's a risk. Yes. And that's what failed at the constitutional Camden County process that willingness to say, I hear you, attorney, but we're going to do this anyway. Well, and that's where just those simple words, unless required by law. Yeah. So when Joe Biden makes an executive order, if you have somebody who supports Joe Biden and what he's doing, an attorney, Mm -hmm. say in the courthouse, say informing the decisions of your commission, 
then he's going to say, well, you're going to be in direct violation of federal law right. if you do that. But you may have another attorney who is truly constitutionally based, not politically mm-hmm. motivated, and say the president has no authority to make that kind of edict in the United States of America about a vaccine. Right. And so that's the kind of attorney you would think conservative Republicans would look for, yeah. not someone who's a professed Democrat interpreting all your laws yeah. and rewriting them to conform to what would appear his political agenda. Yeah. But honestly, even that uh, constitutional conservative attorney ought to warn you about your vulnerability. Sure. He ought to say, even though I believe you're right, you might be but sued isn't by there somebody. always political? I mean, isn't there always vulnerabilities when you have attorneys Absolutely. lurking around there out there? There is always vulnerabilities. Anybody can be sued for anything, anytime. We, we elect our public officials to represent us. Yes. And we are all rednecks here, kind of. So my point <laughs> so. is this. We're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for legal opinions based on what we've seen from the auditor in Camden County per year. Mm-hmm. So say we get sued and we then pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend. I mean, what's the difference at this point? Because it's ridiculous. I mean, we've well. ventured into the land of ridiculousness in a lot of people's opinion, including my own. Because when you bring a perfectly wonderful document that will protect us, and you have Charlie Malcolm, the county attorney, add yeah. those words and undermine the intent of what was pure and good and constitutional. Yeah. What's to, the purpose? To bring it back down to earth, the, the original document, if we want to talk about it, simply said that county officials didn't have to participate in any enforcement. Yeah. It wasn't saying that the federal government doesn't have a right to do what they do. It just said we wouldn't help them. That's right. So it was pretty harmless, uh, in my opinion, but apparently not harmless enough. We had to add some other wor- well, wording. I, th- I think that the sensitivity, and I'm just going to preface it with this, and this is a show in and of itself, but we had just sat through meeting after meeting doing something called trying to recall this simple little language, a hepatitis A-like requirement for restaurant workers. Uh, and that's, again, another show for another day. But what we watched is all three commissioners agree it needed to be removed, we watched them make a motion, second it, agree on it. And then I actually, when the, the ordinance is rewritten, should have just stripped it out. What was particularly appalling is the county attorney rewrote the whole thing, and in many ways it was far worse. So he used that as an open door, not to just strip out the language. And so that's a problem. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, why was he allowed to rewrite it in the first place? That's a great question. And again... It, it's a great a convenience. I, I can speak about Lynn Creek. It's a convenience to have an attorney who's got legal expertise, who writes documents all the time to well, just write your document. And, yeah. and in rewriting it, what was the justification for doing so? And that's the question, because when you have three elected, duly elected officials that agree, make a motion, second and vote on it, it appeared to everybody in the room to be super clear cut, did it not? Well, you know, no. Um, I disagree. <laughs> well, you know what happened well, like with the health care law? It was like 5,000 pages yeah. so that nobody could read it because it was written by teams of attorneys. And um, a lot of times what's objectionable in a rewritten law isn't obvious because it's written in legalese. And so let me ask you, aren't there two sides to every story? So yeah. why, why wasn't this looked at from the other side of the coin? And then the person who had the ability to step in, to rewrite it, 
not really giving any uh, justification as to why they did what they did and was allowed to get away with it, wouldn't you want, I mean, don't we do things and and to understand how things work, we want to hear both sides. I mean, uh, when, you know, a kid gets in trouble, there's his side and then there's, you know, the other side, then there's the truth. But but you understand what I'm saying now. Absolutely. You know. You know, there's a judge, jury, and executioner with right. w- yeah. with a swipe of a pen. I'm not like Dave Maupin. I don't go to all the meetings, but I've been in a few of them. And the dynamic I see is sometimes the public wants something done, uh-huh. and the commission feels that pres- that that pressure, so they have an a, an ordinance written up, and then they kind of have a quick and dirty kind of discussion of it because they just want to vote on it, and a lot of th- a lot of times the discussion just doesn't happen. I well, think the, the the thing that I'll just say after the ordinance came out, and it w- it should have been simple. I mean, f- from those of us in the meeting, and Bill Bill's right. I mean, it's an open door, but it should have just said it's not a requirement. No other count. I mean, hardly any other counties had it as a requirement. It would have been a super super easy amendment to make. Mm-hmm. But the problem became, is that the problem became when. The parents were in the parking lot after they got the draft that was output. Not only did it speak to that, it it really wasn't at all what the intention was. And there were other things added that were particularly egregious. And so that's, I would say, if those parents are willing to do a show to let them tell their story because their story deserves to be told and heard. Because what I love about the show, The Raid the Station, is that it's not just happening here. It's happening all over the state and country because mm-hmm. this is becomes our problem. So we can learn from each other and we can be better. But as long as you're letting people rewrite ordinances that aren't the intent of what your elected officials want, I think that's a problem. And they're not as advertised, and that is a problem. And not so much just the elected officials, but the people that elected them, what the people want. That's right. And so... Again, I, I, I look at this situation as we, we, we got kind of an explanation last Friday from, from Dave Moppin about how it works. It's almost as though when they have an open meeting, they've already discussed what road they want to go down ahead of time, mm-hmm. and they want to automatically come out and start voting on things. Correct. They don't take any public comment, no public opinion. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, I think that's, that's huge. Why do people even bother showing up at the meetings in the first place yeah. if their voices aren't going to be heard? And, you know, you got Dave with his uh, Among the Dogwoods blog that covers these meetings, and he essentially puts this information out. But, uh, you know, people are showing up because they want the county commissioners to understand that we elected you for a reason, yeah. and that if you're going to always go back and let somebody who's not the elected official change everything... Maybe we need to uh, readdress how this whole situation is done. Bill, you yeah. mentioned it yourself. Having a lawyer is a convenience feature. I mean, I think with anything you do, you've got to have some legal eagle somewhere looking it over and making sure that, you know, you're not stepping on anybody's toes or there's nothing in uh, or, whatever or, it is. Or that at least you need to know that you're stepping on somebody's toes. That's well, right. uh, that's what I mean. Or, or, or that anything yeah. that is being... Uh, looked at here as some form of legislation for the county isn't going to come back and blow up in their faces. I get that. But I think it's important also that you get both sides of the argument. It's not just one person coming in and saying, well,
well, we need to do away with this and do away with this, and we need to add this, and this is why. And then that's the, the gospel according to this person who's not an elected official. That's right. But could more or less, and I hate to say it this way, have some sort of motivation on... Uh, uh, on their own. You never and, know. And, uh, I mean, the problem is, again... I'm not saying that's the no, truth. No, no, not I, at all. Uh, but, I mean, the, the problem that we have is we've elected, based on how they sell us, that they're going to represent our interests. That we've, we've elected conservatives. We think we're electing Republicans. But then you've got an attorney who is not whispering in their ears and like i've been to so many commission meetings where anything that's even voted on or asked they got to look down at him and get his nod that is not okay he is not who we elected he should not be running our county and it's really something we have to talk about i will say this to your point the whole thing i saw in the school in the school board meetings prior to this new board being elected right. you would go in and look at an agenda and there would be like 10 things under the consent items, big things, mm -hmm. really big things like MOUs, which are contracts that have tons of details that are nefarious, in my opinion, some of them. And you have to have dialogue in front of your constituency. But they would put like 10 things or 12 things under consent and they would just say, OK, um, item number B, consent items, uh, everybody in favor, yay, nay. That's appalling. And so sometimes, though, board meetings take three hours now because you have a board that's willing to talk. Right. So for those board members who are like, this takes forever. Well, maybe don't run for the board then because it should <laughs> take forever. See, it, it has to do with checks and balances. <laughs> that's right. It, if you have a lot of people who were raised in the school system, mm -hmm. who were, whose careers were there, they trust the school administration <laughs> And so they're not doing an oversight role, they're doing a consent role. If you have somebody who are outsiders, who are, who are taking the parents and the students' interests first, then you'll have people questioning. And the questioning takes more time. Well, it, let it me segue difficult. what just happened in the most recent board meeting, just real quick, is they were trying to bring in therapists, mental health therapists, from a clinic into our school district, and there were tons of questions unanswered. So when we're talking about bringing contractors and people evaluating children's mental health, who are they? What does it mean? Where are they from? And then the day and age of digital learning and telemedicine, you know, if you don't prescribe the medicine that the, the psychiatrist who's bringing, being brought in via telemedicine from Oregon mm -hmm. has prescribed for little Johnny and you, the parents say, wait, I wasn't there. I wasn't present. I didn't know about, well, he's been flagged. And they act like in the meeting, oh, no, it's parental consent. Let me t We can talk a lot about parental. <laughs> I mean, that's my show. We've got, we've got about two minutes, so I tell you what, if you've got <laughs> some time next, next week, you want to come back and do some more. Yeah. and I'd I'm, love to have you back on. I would love that. So, so let's do that. Uh, but just a, a, a quick question, to, and, and this is for either one or both of you. If you've got somebody that's making some questionable judgment calls, is not an elected official, does that person have to put up a bid every year for their job? And are we not checking out like other, that. going down other avenues as far as, uh, as, as how this whole process works? Is, is this particular person, what, grandfathered in? Yeah, well, I've often thought it would be helpful or healthy if uh, the city attorney or the county attorney was somebody, was a position that rotated where everybody in the county eventually served in that capacity right but it tends to be simpler just to pick one and keep that person on 
And that, t- that tends to be what happens in local government. Like an old shoe. Well, maybe that is, <laughs> that is something that needs to be addressed. Maybe yes. that's something that needs to be addressed for the future of Camden County is that do we look at replacing someone and that, you know, I, I guess for lack of a better word, like a, almost like a term limit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You've served. Hey, we appreciate your service, but, you know, it's time. Uh, you've been here for a well, while. I think yeah. it's time to I move on. I think that's the, the bureaucratic problem just everywhere is these people get entrenched. And so elected officials come and go. But that attorney, they're there for like 25 years. They're the expert. They've been around forever. That doesn't make them the expert. That means that they're running our county behind the scenes, and that should not happen in a representative government, period. And you know that person has their hand uh, in other things going on. Uh, that uh, you They're know. running every single department in our county. Every single department, as an unelected person, are gi- having to give deference to one county attorney. That's wrong, KB, and I mm. completely disagree with it. Well, you know, maybe uh, I don't know what it costs to have a legal team, but... You, you should have some pro and you should have some con and you should have somebody in there that uh, examines what decisions are made initially and why they're made that way. But folks, we are going to put the wraps on this one. Stacy, thanks so much. Thanks, KB. As well as uh, Jenny Brinkman, thank you for showing up again today, Jenny. We'll uh, thank also uh, Camden County Commissioner James Gohagen for uh, coming in. And Bill, we'll, uh, you and I will get together tomorrow to uh, wrap up the week. We've got... Uh, Bob Lynch coming in from MoDOT. We also have uh, Dave Moppin coming in to uh, talk more about uh, some commission meetings and some other interesting topics. He is a very interesting and unique individual, and we look forward to having